0: Our scripture reading today is from the gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place. he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings, and they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: My friends, it is a delight to be with you in worship on this Easter morning, this most holy of mornings. A quick word on our staff. Some of you have uh, asked where Reverend Workman has been the last few weeks, um, and now you see him here with us. We simply were practicing social distancing, and we were trying to create some rotations, but I want you to know that Reverend D. Stone is doing quite well, and so is Sarah Brazington, Robin Schultz. Ellie Cook, and all the other staff are being, they're, they're, pardon me, they're all hunkered down and taking care of themselves, and they're quite well. But we do thank you for your thoughts and your prayers. They mean everything to us. Let us turn our heart to God in prayer together. And Creator God, we are thankful for the life that you have given us. And we confess there are many ways that we don't treat that gift very well. We have been unwise and wayward, We've been sinful. Yet it is the shape of our hearts and the content of our faith that while humanity walked away from divine love, you sent your son Christ to reconcile us to yourself, to heal our wounds with his life, to cultivate in us a sense for something more for you. And in like manner, we believe that you sent your Holy Spirit as a teacher and guide and friend. Let your spirit reign in this sanctuary and let it fall around all this city and all this country and everywhere this broadcast is going. Let your spirit dwell around tables with families gathered, around cell phones where individuals are watching. Let it touch laptops where two or three sit. and Let your spirit speak to us a new word about resurrection. God, we are so thankful for this day of life. We are thankful for new life. And today we choose to lean in to the new life of Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. There are moments in life that upend you. There are those moments where it feels as though the rug is being pulled out from what you thought were firmly planted feet. I don't need to explain to you how that feels though, do I? We are collectively in a moment just like that. The second week of our social distancing and shelter at home commands, we were uh, on the phone with my brother. He had closed on a, a new home that happened to be one street away from our home. I know that it agonized me and grieved my parents that we could not go over there and help him move. We weren't supposed to. That night, my brother called me and said that he was running to the store for some provisions. I pleaded that he wouldn't do that because the store is always busier later. I I said, you should try first thing in the morning, but come to our house. We'll pack up stuff that we have and, and we'll leave it for you. We sanitized the containers and everything and later, Joel and the family pulled into the driveway and when that moment occurred, my entire family descended on their minivan. We were coaching each other to stay six feet back, and the windows were rolled down. And I, I was brokenhearted to look at the eyes of my two nephews, especially Everett. He had this look of confusion, like, why can't I get out of the van and play with my cousins? Why can't I give Gammy and Poppy a hug? We tried to answer as best we could the questions of why they couldn't do this or that. And then I, I think I could interpret what he was thinking, though he didn't say it. Maybe there was even a, why can Marcella and Ruby be with Gammy and Poppy right now? Why can't I? These are hard, troubling times. What does one do when the whole world that you expected has unexpectedly changed? Our story has two women at the front, both named Mary, and I believe that's the question they're asking themselves. Their teacher, their friend, their beloved. He'd been sentenced to death after a kangaroo court and then killed during the most festive and joyous season on their annual calendar. And then they had to wait. The Sabbath came. They had to wait. They had no time to tend to the body of Jesus Christ, which laid simply in a grave. Many of you have experienced something similar in light of COVID-19. You've lost someone to death. And you have to wait to have A funeral, a memorial, a proper time of gathering because of the social distancing, so you too have had to wait. There are many weddings that are being told to be put off and for people to wait, but now, now it's morning time and it's the Sabbath, so it's okay for these two women to go and tend to the buried body of Jesus. And this is where the story gets rather dramatic. Something or many things happen. I'm going to label them theocosmic things. There's an earthquake and this great stone that, that sealed the cave where the body of Jesus laid had been rolled away. And then there are these angelic messengers of God, these heavenly messengers of God. And it describes them evoking lightning and whiteness and brightness. And the guards, the guards basically fall comatose And the first thing that Mary and Mary hear from these angelic messengers is, do not be afraid. Yeah, right. How? How is that possible after having gone through the trauma of seeing this death sentence occur? and then not being able to tend lovingly to the body, and now these theo-cosmic, supernatural things happening in their midst, these things are not commonsensical. These things do not follow the natural order of their experience. Yeah, right, don't be afraid. I'll never forget the first time I went rock climbing with the Boy Scouts. Everyone was excited about this part of rock climbing called rappelling. Everyone knew what that meant. They were all excited about rappelling. I had never heard of such a thing. I'm from the plains of Illinois. Climbing a rock doesn't uh, really happen there. And so we're there climbing and now we're told it's the the cool part, we get to rappel. We went on the top of some cliff and got into harnesses and my scoutmaster said, now walk backwards to the edge of the cliff. (laughs) Yeah, right. And everyone kept saying, long bonds, do it. Just do it. You can do this. It's fun, I promise. And then he said to just basically step back and fall backwards and just let myself go. And I thought, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. I started having panic attacks. And they said, calm down. Don't be afraid. And I'm thinking, this doesn't make sense with everything my body tells me. Mary and Mary, do not be afraid. We are right. Then the angel tells the women, That Jesus is no longer there. He's no longer in the tomb. He is absent. Absence can be an eerie thing, can't it? For the women, what is absent is the body of Christ. It's no longer in the tomb. I feel eerie about an absence. It's that you, church, the body of Christ, aren't here. Some absences are profoundly weighty things. But for the women, the absence of the body of Christ might be good news. While they're inspecting the tomb, I can hear them, can you? They're whispering between themselves in very high breathy voices because they're trying hard not to hyperventilate over nerves and they're whispering back and forth, where is he? He's not here. Could it be? He's risen. And then they take flight. They began to run. They want to go tell the others. They want to figure out what's going on. Now they're no longer whispering, but they're shouting back and forth as they uh, try to overcome their panting breaths. Jesus, his body's gone. Jesus is risen. Can it be? He's risen. Hosanna. Hallelujah. He's risen. The story then tells us that they are stopped in their track. Have you ever seen something so good, so beautiful, so true that it makes you stop everything you're doing to take notice? This past week I have been enjoying the television actor John Krasinski. He has been putting on weekly episodes of The Good News Show and really he's trying to share good news with the world because frankly It feels dark when we turn on the news and it feels heavy and so it's a little snippet of time that makes you feel good about humanity again. I was in the course of making breakfast looking at the newest episode last week on my phone. I was trying to pay attention to it while also cooking eggs and then something happened that stopped me dead in my tracks. Like a reporter, Mr. Krasinski said, There is a woman who happens to have Alzheimer's, who is in some sort of care facility. And because of social distancing, her husband could not be with her. And so they show this clip, a nurse must have taken the clip of the husband standing outside the window of his wife's room singing Amazing Grace. And the woman who happens to have Alzheimer's remembers the lyrics and begins to sing with her husband. And I thought, oh my, something so good and beautiful and true. I have to pay attention. Well, the women see what could only be called the most good and the most beautiful and the most true. They see the risen Lord Jesus. They see the one who was unjustly put down now vindicated. They see the one who was given death for no reason now overcoming the grave and it blows their minds. They fall. They stop dead in their tracks at his feet and they worship. And again, before being told or before following the orders to go and tell the others what they had seen, Jesus tells them again, don't be afraid. What's all this business in this story about not being afraid? What's it all about? I mean, the prospect of such events is so unexpected, so unprecedented, so novel, that I think they on their own bring a holy fright. They do. But I'm thankful for that message of not being afraid because it's the Easter spirit and I'm thankful for the Easter spirit because I think society right now is living in an endless loop of Good Friday. I am thankful for the Easter spirit and I'm thankful for being told do not be afraid. Have courage to continue on because here is the, the point of the Easter spirit. Exile is over. We all feel a sense of being in exile, but the Easter spirit says there's liberation to come. The spirit of Easter says, yes, death has its sting, but it doesn't have the final word. It means that there is new life. The Easter spirit says, me and you and the cosmos with its cracks and fissures can be healed and will be made new by the risen Son of God. I'm thankful for the message of this Easter spirit right now because I'm tired when I think of people who embody the Easter spirit well one of the people I think of is Maya Angelou she wrote a poem it's really a famous poem it's not I'm not teaching you anything by sharing it but this poem could never be mine it's the poem of a black woman who went through so many racial injustices and gender issues and trials with her cultural moment yet with all the hardship, she had an enchanting smile. A simple Easter spirit says, I'll overcome, I'll rise. Here are some of her words Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from the past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean, leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. I'm thankful for the spirit of Easter because though I feel like I'm walking through exile, it tells me I will rise and you will too. Though it feels like my body is in some tomb or the body of the church is in some tomb, we remember that the body of Christ that was in tomb has risen. I am thankful for the spirit of Easter because it says, because Christ will rise, so will we. Walk away from Good Friday. and Walk into new light because he has risen. So will you and so will I we will rise. And the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I bless you. Let us pray. God, we are thankful for stories like this. Reminders that our present moment is not all there is. We're thankful for the risen Christ, the one who has come to be as us, for us, that we may become like you. Give us that fresh spirit. Save us, God. In Jesus Christ. Heal us, God, in Jesus Christ. Make us whole in Jesus Christ. Let us come on the other side of this crisis. A new and better society may it be a risen one, stamped with the cross, sealed with an empty tomb, paid for by gracious gift of love. It's in the matchless name of your son, Jesus, we pray now. Amen.